the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab for the week of June 27th, 2005. Greetings, folks, and welcome back to Plumbers, Geeks, and You. Tonight's focus... Hello, John. Hi, Dave. Hi. Tonight's show is all about toilets. We like to call it your water closet and you. What? What? Hello? (laughs) I'm Dave Hamilton. I'm here with John Braun, and we are here for this week's edition of the Mac Geek Gab. It's been a heck of a... are we... Are we, are we here? here? We're here. You're yeah. moving. What I'm. Are you doing? I. I did. I know. I moved this week. It's been crazy. We're to do the, I thought we were going to skip this week, and, and I got to travel. Yeah. Well, you know, our listeners though they 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 call to us, and so here we are. You know, it's funny. I was thinking this week while I was driving up to uh, the new location of the TMO Towers East here in uh, in New Hampshire, and I, I was thinking that that what's that? Northeast, right? Well, yeah, it's east. TMO Towers East. And then we have TMO Towers West. And, and that, that's what makes them towers. We have the East Tower <laughs> and the West Tower, you see. Okay. And, and I was thinking today that this podcast is a lot like us, that'd be John and I, calling each of you and leaving you a long extended phone message to listen to whenever you so choose. And uh, I just, I, I like that little analogy. It may not really fit, but I liked it nonetheless. So there you have it. <laughs> yeah, it's been a crazy week. Uh, but we are here, and we are here to talk about uh, wireless networks. In fact, uh, specifically, we're going to be talking about base station products this week. And then we've got some uh, some news to, to run through, and uh, I'm sure there'll be a rant or two, because it seems like both John and I are pretty much at the end of our rope this week. So A rant. Is- now, we did a rant at the end last time, right? Yeah, I, I ranted about Sears. Actually, they, they came and they delivered our washer and dryer at seven thirty on a Sunday morning, which was which was today, uh, and they did a fantastic job. The, the guys that did it, it was it was the, the whole customer service experience with with Sears all the way through was fantastic. So great. Yeah. That's that's linked on the site, I think. Now you know, I got I got I'm going to start with a rant. I, I got to um, well, just sort of travel. Ra- I've been rant on, my brother. <laughs> all right. So so the rant here is you know so I'm going to do some traveling and. You know, I just look at all the things that, you know, the government and, and everybody spends money on. And it's like, I just want to get to where I'm going the easiest way possible. My rant is um, just travel. I got to go to Baltimore and I tried to book something. And, and in the past, if you're on the Northeast, you know, they got this really nice Acela train, which is fast, or at least as fast as you're going to get around here. Um, and it worked great. And then, you know, I have a, a trade show I got to go to in Baltimore. Um, Smart Labels to uh, 2005 about RFID and some other things, and the Acela's broken. They, you know, they broke. They broke it. Yeah, bad breaks. I I guess. Well, they yeah they they uh, designed it themselves instead of using something else from another country that already knows how to do this. And uh, that's my understanding. And the brakes broke, so they don't have the Acela. They still have the regular train. It's still not a bad deal because I, I. want to avoid airports i hate airports for travel so if i can use the train being on the northeast it's usually feasible but you know this is something that just 
you know, somebody should spend some money on it. it. It shouldn't be a profit center. It should just be some service that you're used to. And people who are in other countries, especially, you know, we do have, you know, like our Mac Observer Japan branch, I believe. That's you right. Know, travel's wonderful over there. And Europe, our European branch, yes, we do. You know, things are great there. So anyways, that's my rant pulling back. But usually one of the stations I go to, um, and actually we'll be going to one way or another up uh, in Boston, Macworld, uh, coming up, um, they have a, a station there which if you happen to open up your machine you will get free wireless and wireless oh. is just a great thing that's now, a beautiful thing, thing. It, well it's it's good and bad the thing is it, it, it's not like like one of the other locations that i do like is bradley airport up in uh in uh, yep. connecticut yep. they have free wireless yep. um in the, in the main station, terminal yeah yeah the union station has one that kind of looks it, it's a wireless but it doesn't let you get out oh well but anyways it's it's a lead-in into wireless and if our uh, listeners recall that apple was one of the first companies though not the first you know they're not always the first to do everything we're not going to say that they are no sometimes <laughs> I, I would credit i would credit apple with bringing wireless to the, the mainstream consumer though uh, yeah I, back in 99 when they yeah. introduced the base station for i think it was 299 back then which was mm -hmm. unheard of back then for yeah. You know, less less station, than half actually. of what anything else cost at the time. That's right. Yeah, and the PC people actually, and I remember I because I saw them, they were buying those for their PCs, so that, because it was so much cheaper than whatever they could get, and they were hacking it trying to figure out how to hook their PCs to it. But that gets in the whole thing of wireless access. Now, you know, it seems like we've had it forever, but we've only had it pretty much uh, thanks to Apple until July '99. And uh, Dave, I know you probably like myself. I had a graphite base station, and I think you. Uh, you got involved at, at some level and uh, have taken it to a whole new level. Oh, yeah. Well, we're, I'm a geek. You know, that's that's what I'm here to do. Uh, these days, believe it or not, actually, just uh, just today, as I was setting up uh, the, the office here at, at TMO Towers East, I decided to use the Linksys uh, 54G router or uh, the WRT54G as my main router for the network here. Um, and I... I think it's a great router. I've always enjoyed Linksys's products. The, the the software that that they build into them is is actually fantastic, and I've found them to be very. The, the signal strength is is always better than than I've found with with just about anything else. And I I like the 54G a lot. One of the cool things about it is all of the aftermarket or even open source support. Linksys has opened up their firmware. And there are many people out there building firmware for this router that aren't Linksys, based, obviously based on Linksys's firmware. And what the firmware is, for, for those of you that, that, uh, that have, have gone all glassy-eyed on me, uh, is the firmware is the software that lives inside the router, the thing that tells the router what to do and what it can do and what it can't do and how to do it. What the, uh, the firmware that I use is actually from a company called Sveasoft, I believe is how you would pronounce it, mm -hmm. S-V-E-A-S-O-F-T.com. And the, the firmware that I'm using is called Alchemy. They actually have a new firmware called Talisman, but it's not quite ready uh, to do what I need it to do yet. And one of the things I like it to do is with my little $60 WRT54G from Linksys, I upload the Alchemy firmware from uh, Sveasoft, which you can get for free at linksysinfo.com. Um, Good site. It is. A, it's a great site. You upload this firmware, and it actually lets me set up a, a VPN server. So, so anyone with an OS X machine out there can log into my network here and 
it's as though as they, they get a they get an IP address from inside my network. They can see all my printers, all the servers that I have behind the firewall. Obviously, they need to have a username and password that I would assign them. Uh, it's all very secure or fairly secure. But uh, it works fantastic and and has been a lifesaver. We run a couple of different servers for internal purposes here, and it, it works out very, very, very well. So, Excellent. Excellent. Yep. Now, you were talking about security, right? I was. You know, I have a few things to say about that if, uh, if you'd like to hear them. I, <laughs> let me lay it on me, John. <laughs> so uh, the, the one thing I've noticed now, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, going to public locations like airports or train stations. Um, and finding base stations, and, you know, that's as it should be, and on the trains and the airplanes, and, you know, all, all that's happening. But there are cases where you may not want your base station to be visible. And um, I don't know if you've checked yet, Dave. You, you probably have, knowing you being a, a geek, uh, for uh, base stations up in your new neighborhood that uh, may be announcing their presence when they shouldn't. And uh, I, I have these as well. I, I moved fairly recently into a new area um, a couple of years ago. And one of the things I did was open up my machine and, uh, you know, see what base stations I could see. And I could see not only mine, which is the one that Dave mentioned, but also some other people. So this is, um, and I don't think they intended to do that. So so this is um, an important thing now. Just keep in mind if it's wireless and somebody's determined they will be able to capture your information or, you know, if they're, they're paying attention to you at that level and, and are determined that you probably have bigger problems than just wireless security. But there's some things you could do just to keep away people who are, are not highly determined. Um, now, just to just to kind of close the loop here, you, you talked about scouting and finding base stations, uh, other base stations in your area. How exactly are you doing that? Are you simply going to the app to the airport menu in the Apple uh, in the sorry, in the menu bar? Or are you are you looking in different places? You know, I'm going to shock you here. I'm doing both. So the okay. very quick way to do it is to use the menu built into your, uh, you know, you usually have it available from your uh, menu bar. But you may also use some third-party products. And there's a bunch that I really like. Um, if you recall, we had a recent podcast about dashboard widgets. And there are a couple of widgets. And these are good, I would say, for quick and dirty stuff, like looking for close by active base stations. Um, there's okay. one called Air Traffic Control, um, which is pretty good, and another called Airport Radar. Ah. We'll provide links in our uh, weblog. But there, there are a couple of them, and they show you a lot of the basics, you know, because the uh, widgets don't take up a lot of space, uh, nor really should they. And they'll show you the name of it, maybe the vendor, if it's uh, secure or open. Um, just the fact that you're seeing it means that the person has not uh, disabled the broadcast of the, the name of the base station. Now, is um, that is that something you recommend them doing? Do do you? How do you feel about broadcasting the name of the base station? Well, I like to have access to you know internet wherever I go. So I would encourage people who would like to offer me that service <laughs> to uh, not broad to broadcast their uh, base station name. Well, but, but broadcasting. If Broadcasting alone doesn't necessarily mean that it's insecure, right? I mean, you can also True. you can have a password on it and and yet still have it broadcast, so that if say you have friends come to the house, they can easily find it, and then you can give them yeah, the password. Yeah, I, I can see that, but that invites just advertising the fact that it's there. I think invites closer scrutiny. So, unless you have a good reason to do it, like Dave mentioned, um, you know, if you have folks over and you don't want to tell them to type it in manually, then you would uh, enable the broadcast of the base name otherwise turn it off so that that's one thing i would recommend um, now if if you if you turn it on i know I'm, I'm walking through this a little bit here for the benefit of our listeners 
if you turn it off, how do you connect to it? Normally, I just go to the Apple menu or the, sorry, the airport menu in the menu bar and choose the base station as its name appears. Of course, if, ah, good point. if there's, if it's not, if it's not being broadcast, my guess is it's not going to appear there, correct? Absolutely. And what you would do then is on the airport menu, you, you will see in the same section where bases would appear, you're also going to see another choice, other dot, dot, dot. If you go to other dot, 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 you will then get one blank, which says network name, which in this case, if it's not being broadcast, you got to type in and then the type of wireless security. And there are a whole bunch of different types. Um, and I think Dave, you've done some work with this. I, um, oh, yeah. I, I use various ones. I think the latest is this WPA, but uh, w, WPA is supposed to be a, because actually this has changed. Yeah, I have not looked at this menu since Tiger. There's a new choice, but uh, please uh, tell me more about these. Well, it, it, there's basically two that are that are fairly popular. WEP, uh, and there's two forms of WEP. There's the 40-bit and 128-bit encryption key-based WEP. WEP meaning wireless encryption protocol, I believe. I think it's wireless equivalent privacy, which is ah, uh, well, wired equivalent privacy, which is about what it offers. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's it's not entirely secure. Um, it it obviously is better than nothing, but but the the, the word on the street is that uh, it, it's it's fairly hackable if if someone is determined. WPA integrates the key more into the the whole stream of things and from what i understand anyway keeps it uh, extremely secure and is that is that what you uh, know about this as well john <clears throat> yes okay and okay. then i see 802.1x web which that probably is better because i haven't seen that entry before and then leap is actually something if you're in a cisco shop which uh uh, I am at times. Leap is something that Cisco does on their base stations, and uh, pretty much out of the box, uh, uh, Apple Airport machines can get on Cisco Leap networks, which is very nice for the uh, the corporate. What crowd. encryption do you use at home? Um, I'm really not going to go into that. <laughs> well, basically, because I'm lazy, I basically do no encryption. I uh -huh. do hiding on my base station, okay, and I do MAC address filtering. Oh, well, that, that'll do it. And, and what, what MAC address filtering is, folks, is you basically – not basically, you do. You tell your base station, only allow computers with this specific MAC address. A, a MAC address is not about your Macintosh in, in particular. PCs have them too. Every device on a network, on an Ethernet or wired network anyway, has what they call a media – access control address yeah yep. right okay and and that's where the it's of course mac is an acronym for that and it's unique every computer has a unique mac address or at least it should of course you could try and clone one and what have you by telling your router only allow clients with this particular mac address or this particular list of mac addresses it doesn't matter how open your passwords are if that mac address does not match they will the router will not let them in now of course they could you know mm -hmm. conceivably someone could clone the mac address of of your macintosh and and cause problems there but that's a fairly secure secure way to go for sure so mm -hmm. so um yeah i don't do the encryption because usually if i'm on a site where i want to encrypt the content then it's uh, encrypted already so so some may say you know i'm being a, a little lax but then the other thing as i pointed out before if there's someone you know close by on a regular basis i probably have bigger problems than wireless security and i do other things to tie it down which we'll yeah. 
talk about in a future uh, future broadcast. Now, one one other base station that's that's very popular, obviously very popular among the Mac users, is of course the newer uh, airport base stations, the Airport Extreme base station. And there are some interesting features in in this base station. I I have an Airport Extreme base station at at home, like I said, in in the office I use. I have a home office, and, and now in, in 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 our in our new digs here, it's actually detached from the house, so it's it's mm-hmm. it's really really exciting. But uh, only really exciting for me. The listeners could care less. Um, so I I always I have a I travel a couple times a year, maybe six times a year. And so what I learned to do was I have just a bag that I keep with me when I travel and I don't mess with it when I'm home and it has an extra cell charger in it and an extra, you know, batteries for things. And, and I always keep an airport. I keep an airport extreme base station in it. Yes, that's a little extreme. I had an extra one, so I keep it with me. Well, one time I was at a hotel and they, uh, they had an airport network there and, the uh, the airport network was too weak. It was very weak. And I could only get signal at the door. And I started thinking, wow, you know, what can I do? I want to get signal back by the bed, back at the desk. And so I remembered that the airport base station supported something called WDS, or Wireless Distribution System. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And the Wireless Distribution System is something that allows base stations to effectively act as repeaters for other base stations. So I, mm. yeah. So I took the Airport Extreme base station, and I uh, I put it in the bathroom, which was right next to the hotel door. I turned on WDS, and I had it essentially repeat the signal from the hotel's base station and bounce it back to the uh in, into the room and it was enough it, it caught the signal most of the time and it was able to bounce it back into the room and it worked great so it was one of those things where technology definitely came to the rescue rescue it was a very geeky solution for sure but it was much better than typing on the bathroom counter every time i wanted to check my email so wow. yeah yeah very cool so that's uh that, that's my that's my little plug for the airport extreme base station I, it, it travels very well there's no antennas sticking out or anything and i can just throw it in my bag and it's very roadworthy and I can I can attest to the fact that it, it travels extremely well. It doesn't you, you can beat on it and it, it, it works great. So Extreme or Express? Airport Extreme. Extreme. The the, the real spaceship the, one. The, the the spaceship, the dome one. It looked like the graphite one, but now it's okay. it's white. It's white. Yeah. So Okay, sorry. Because yeah. I'm looking on my list here. I have Express, but um no, I, I use the extreme with the. I, I don't believe that the Express ah. is is smart enough to do WDS. I think. Uh, I think yeah, it's well, very you know, capacity. I had a little. Adv- I'm going to surprise you because it does. Really. <laughs> and actually, I have the same setup that you have. When you uh, you inspired me with the uh, the Linksys, uh, which has oddly no published Mac support, but a lot of people like it anyways. The right. WRT54G, but I got that, and I'm actually using. The Express as a um, uh, WDS extension downstairs. Ah, okay. So it does. But the only thing I could do is that that what I found when I bought the Express was that the uh, I didn't have the equivalent Apple product. All I had was the Linksys, and I actually had to get that firmware to get the capability. At that point, the uh, Linksys stock firmware did not have the WDS capability. So, right. yeah. way and, off the geek scale. And the Linksys firmware... <laughs> but Satori did. 
The, yeah, the, the Linksys firmware does not have the uh, the WDS in it. I don't even think it has it in it by default right now. Um, I I think it's uh, it, the only way you can do it is is John mentioned Satori, of course, which is the firmware uh, the the older version of the the firmware from Savia Soft. They're, they went from Satori to Alchemy to uh, a, a Talisman. I think is the is the current one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but that's 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 uh, a that's a good thing to know. Glad to glad to know that the Airport Express uh, solves that. Any uh, any news this week that that caught your fancy, John? News. <clears throat> well, I think we had a columnist, uh, you know, write a little something about this, and uh, but I've also noticed just the Osborne effect. This prediction here that you know, let's chew on this a bit here. So people are saying now that Apple announced the Intel, which you, you heard about that, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I okay. think we even glossed over that in a uh, in a, oh, in a previous have, yeah. podcast. That's right. So people are saying that this is similar to the Osborne effect, which, for those who don't know who Osborne is, this was one of the early computer manufacturers who, uh, as uh, the lore goes, they pre-announced a product that was better, faster, cheaper too soon and what happened is their inventory built up and they went out of business and, and that's a not the right thing to do so right. people are saying the same thing is happening with apple they're announcing intel machines which now here's the thing that gets me though is that they're announcing intel machines but they haven't actually said that they're going to be faster better cheaper maybe people are reading too much into this i don't know what do you what do you think uh I, well, I think eventually they'll be faster, better, cheaper. I, I don't know that uh, that we're there quite. That you know, I, I don't think your purchasing a Mac should be influenced one iota by the fact that at some point they will move to Intel machines or Intel chips. Rather, I think it's always still going to be a Mac. Clearly, Apple has been working very hard on developing you know things sort of in tandem here. Uh, right. I, if I if I needed a new Mac. Today, I would go buy a new Mac today and I'd buy the best Mac I could, just like I always recommend to people, buy the best, buy the most computer you can afford because it's already obsolete, you know, if not the day you buy it, certainly the day after. And, you know, and I think we're a good two years out from it really even mattering what chip yeah. is in your computer. So, Pretty much, yeah, I'm on the, I'm on the same page with you. It's, uh, if anything, buy one now because... Yeah, future machines may may have problems. Though, as we've seen historically, Apple has weathered changes quite well, both you know from the processor standpoint, from 68K to PowerPC and the OS from nine OS nine to OS ten. So, especially since OS ten is pretty much built to work with Intel, it's like, what's the problem? Right. So, uh, I've seen a few you know articles that I wasn't really crazy about because the it was more sensationalist yeah well size falling you know it, and and of course i say this knowing full well that uh, we are a, a you know the mac observer being a, a news organization uh, people read articles with sensational headlines so it it stands to reason that the most you know most of the articles you see will have those sensational headlines and that, that's just the way it goes you sort of need to to read through it, and we try to do that with the spin at TMO. Yeah. We we try to kind of water it down, but I, I'm I'm sure we're you know we're we're we're, uh, we're in that same yeah. camp. So, I noticed the uh, the puppy and rainbow piece last week didn't do that good. That's right. Yeah, that's. Right. <laughs> 
Well, that's about our time for this evening, folks. Uh, we certainly appreciate you listening. We would very much appreciate you going and letting us know what you think. You can send us comments to macgeekgab at macobserver.com. You can post comments in the show notes article that will appear at macobserver.com. And you can vote for us at uh, at least two of the podcast vote. sites. Vote. Yes. Sure. Why not? We might as well pimp out some votes here so uh podcast alley and podcast pickle podcast pickle you, you can rate us podcast alley you actually get to vote and there's a link from the, the show notes or there will be by the time you're hearing this uh as to exactly how to do all of that um i certainly appreciate you uh tuning us in well, what's uh next week what are we doing next week well i don't know you're done moving uh yeah i'll be done moving you'll be done traveling next week Thanks again, folks. Have a good night. (laughs) 